Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Wednesday, December 9th. Today on the show, we will get into my favorite new college football holiday tradition. We will visit with Adam Sparks a little bit later on of the Tennessean to get the latest on the Vandy coaching search, as well as the Commodores and Volunteers football game this Saturday. But we start with some good news in the hockey world. The NHL is very close to being able to officially announce its upcoming season. Word started breaking late Monday night and throughout the day on Tuesday that the NHL owners and the NHL Players Association have agreed to, wait for it, what they already agreed to. Many people have reported that camps will open ideally around January 1st, with opening night of the season taking place on January 13th, and the season consisting of 56 games. Those are all rough guesses at this point. There's a lot of legal mumbo-jumbo to work through, but basically the agreed-upon modified CBA extension that was agreed upon back in June will be voted on and ratified in the coming days. There's still a ton left to be decided, like how big the playoffs will be, when is the trade deadline, what division the National Predators will be in and with whom, how big will rosters be, and what sort of scheduling model will the NHL deploy, not to mention all of the COVID policies and protocols. But in short, this is great news for hockey fans, as we are now one giant step closer to the game returning in fairly short order. For a much longer and more thorough conversation about the NHL's return and what it would look like for the Nashville Predators... Please check out the latest episode of our Nashville Predators podcast, The Gold Standard, hosted by myself, as well as the Athletics' Adam Bingen, only, of course, right here on the 440 Sports Network. It's one of my favorite times of the year in college football. Championship games are upon us, the playoff rankings are heating up, the wife is compulsively buying wrapping paper in bulk for no apparent reason at all, and college football fans are telling athletes what they should do with their lives. It's turned into a time-honored tradition around the holidays, and it's even more fun in 2020. Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, Jabril Peppers, Debo Samuel, Ed Oliver all didn't play in their team's final games, none of which were playoff games, I might add. Last year, more than a dozen players sat out their team's bowl games to prepare for the NFL draft. Players opt out of bowl games because of the risk-reward calculus that's pretty obvious. One bowl game isn't going to change their draft stock at all, but a torn ACL sure would. Some fans, not all, believe that players and their families having the freedom to make their own decisions with their own best interests at heart is somehow selfish or that they are quitting on the team. I would call that good old-fashioned American individualism mixed with a little high-road capitalism, but that's just me. Why don't you care about this Tax Slayer Bowl championship over Baylor like I do? In a normal year, it's okay to be a little disappointed if you don't get to watch your favorite player in a bowl game. It's okay to be bummed. But it's pretty dumb to think that you have the right to tell them what they can or cannot do with their lives. And in 2020, this rhetoric has been amped up to 11 with a twist. Vanderbilt defensive lineman Dio Odingbo has opted out of the rest of the season for winless Vanderbilt. The Commodores may have two more games left to play as COVID cases are surging across the state of Tennessee and the rest of the country. And the NFL draft, a.k.a. the biggest moment of Odingbo's entire professional life to date, is only a few months away. Be it to avoid injury or out of an abundance of caution with the pandemic, I just don't see how anyone has a right to tell him what to do. He is allowed to make whatever decision he feels is best for him and his family. Period. That's the end of it. And that would still be the case in a normal year. Nick Bosa sat out his entire junior season at Ohio State after getting hurt in like week two. Zion Williamson came back from an injury and finished his only season at Duke. 
One path doesn't fit all. There is no right or wrong decision. Everyone gets to decide that for themselves. So as I've gotten older and realized what's at stake in these business decisions, I've had to set my personal love of watching great athletes play college sports aside in an effort to try to understand their perspective, which of course is even stranger when you set this conversation against the backdrop of this year. 2020 has officially decapitated irony and hypocrisy, not to mention empathy. So while this time of year generally brings about a normal level of complaining about young athletes having the audacity to exercise their freedom of choice about their own lives, it's especially hilarious to me when the complaining is coming from a certain cross-section of the population who's been opining the loss of their personal freedoms for the last nine months when a medical expert politely asked us to wear a piece of cloth on our face in an effort to keep each other safe. Look, you just don't get it both ways. You don't get to yell and scream about your rights and freedoms being stolen from you and then lecture someone else on what to do with their life. You have to pick one because you simply can't be both. Speaking of Vanderbilt football, they, for now, have a game scheduled with Tennessee on Saturday, but are dealing with major roster issues due to COVID and are also currently in the middle of a critical coaching search that could tell us a lot about how committed the administration is to the future of the football program. To get an update on both subjects, we bring in friend of the pod, Adam Sparks of the Tennessean, to give us an update on the game with Tennessee, as well as the Commodore's search for a new football coach. Well, as of right now, we're going to play. Um, I think there was a window there on Monday. If they were going to postpone it, it would have actually helped the SEC and helped Texas A&M if they were to do it. The fact that we got past that Monday window and kept the game intact kept the game scheduled, I think it's it leaves it open that's a pretty good chance it's going to get played. The percentages are certainly better now. You know, I mean, Vandy, I had heard for the last few days that Vandy was likely going to try to play this game, even though they would be under the 53 scholarship players. You know, Mississippi State did that recently in the Georgia game, the 49. I think if Vandy is in the upper 40s, they're going to play as long as they have enough offensive linemen, and that appears to be the case barely right now but I mean there are spots right now with no backups and Todd Fitch the interim coach admitted that some some of his backups are at 50 percent they're questionable so this thing could be canceled as of right now they're going to play if it wasn't the Tennessee game I think this game would probably be uh, postponed there's also the the desire to this close to the finish line to try to finish it so I think the date has something to do with it as well. And then let's look, of course, with the administration, what they're dealing with, which is a coaching search right now. Uh, do you have any sense of a timeline as to when a decision could be made? And in your opinion, who are they narrowing in on? Well, I mean, it, the timeline depends on who the coach is. So, for example, if it was Will Healy, whose season I think has essentially been over, that could be a hire before signing day. And then he or somebody like him would come in and try to lock down the signing class and signing day starts, the uh, signing period starts on December 16th. So you could you could kind of work that out. If it's like a Clark Lee or somebody that's got a lot of games left, then you're probably looking at a hiring somewhere around Christmas. Um, so it really depends on who it is. I mean, the obvious ones are Clark Lee for the for the for the connections, and he would be a good hire. Will Healy connections, rising coach, Jamie Chadwell obviously has got a lot of traction. I think there's some NCAA issues there in his past that are, are, are being vetted uh, by the search firm. Um, I mean, those are some obvious ones. Charles Huff was on James Franklin's staff at Vandy shortly. You know, that, that's a guy that's associate head coach at, at Alabama. And there's always three or four names that we don't know about that, that surface or that 
will go through back channels to let Vandy know that they could be available. I, I think what we need to judge this by is whoever the coach is, that will tell us how willing they are to commit to facilities. If you get somebody that's like a third tier option, that means they were not ready to commit in, on paper to facility upgrades. If you get somebody in group A or maybe even the high end of group B, then that tells you that they probably put some um, some pen to paper because whoever that coach is, is going to have some leverage because this job is not for everybody. And most of the ones on the list near the top of the list are going to have other options. So they can, you know, vet Vandy more than Vandy's going to vet them. Special thanks to Adam Sparks of the Tennessean for jumping on the show today with us. And that last point he just made is critical. Whoever the hire ends up being, we will all learn how committed the school is to building new football facilities. If it's a top-tier candidate, we can safely assume they have committed to that person in some way. If it's not, well, then expect more of the same hand-wringing and pearl-clutching on West End. Thank you all for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe if you're just checking out the show for the first time. We do appreciate it. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter, at Braden Gall, at 440 Sports on Facebook and Twitter, of course, as well. This has been the 440 for Wednesday, December 9th. 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Brayden Gall, music by William Tyler.